Hey, just a quick heads up to those listening with little ears. This is a casual conversation that we have with Rolly, and so there's some light PG language that may come up. We just want you to be aware before you begin listening. So I'm gonna when I'm gonna call her right now, and I'm gonna ask. Hey, listen, like, are you comfortable with with us asking you a couple of questions? And yeah. we'll start there. I think we yeah. should start there. Totally um, okay if not. Okay. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, she is the we love you, and our guests love you. So yeah, calling Rolly Crump again. Is that your ringtone on your phone? Calling Rolly Crump again. Hello. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. This is not Santa's workshop. It's just one section of a creative world where new attractions for Disneyland are conceived. Now, a great deal of time, sweat, and a few tears were expended on all this. But there's a lot of satisfaction in developing ideas into realities which become a part of Disneyland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bob Sons and Banthas, a podcast about Disneyland, Star Wars, and all the other things that Disney Company owns that we love. On this episode, we get another wonderful opportunity to speak with our friend, Disney legend Rolly Crump, about his process behind the Enchanted Tiki Room, It's a Small World, Haunted Mansion, and more. And also, a special guest appearance from Rolly's wife, Marie. We have loved speaking with them, and we hope you enjoy the show. It was just saying, it's Scott and Aaron again, and we are thrilled to be able to talk with you and just wanted to yeah. see how you're doing. I'm doing good, thank you. Good, good. <laughs> Well, thank God we've got Marie here to cover for me. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, I was just telling her she's sort of the unsung hero of our interviews. We've gotten a lot of uh, responses from our listeners that say, we want to know who the, who the female voice is that we keep hearing. I'm going to start getting female. Uh, I'm fan mail. Yes, oh. you are. <laughs> yes, you are. You are. <laughs> on their podcast, wanted to, <laughs> wanted to know who the lady was on the phone. Oh, <laughs> my wife. <laughs> Uh, Marie, I, we want to start with a couple of questions for you, because in our last show, you popped up uh, a, a couple of times, and our listeners kept on saying, who, who is that female voice? Who is that female voice? So, uh, my first question is, how did you and Rolly meet? Well, we met, um, gosh, it's almost 50 years ago now. <laughs> uh, we, I worked at the studio, actually, and we had a mutual friend, and I was introduced to Rolly back in the 70s, early 70s. You know, Rolly went off and did uh, Design 27 and other things in his life, and I went on to do other things. And then fast forward to 2003, Rolly had a little art show in Oceanside, right near Carlsbad, where we are. I saw a little article in the paper about Rolly's um, show at this gallery, and I wanted him to know that our mutual friend had passed. I see. So I went to the show. Now, it's at that point, it's 30 years later, and I don't know that he would remember me or not, but anyway, I approached him and told him who I was, and... Um, here we are. <laughs> wow. And the rest is history. And the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. So that was 2003, and we married in 2014. 
Yeah. Wonderful. Well, congratulations on 50 years of knowing each other. That yeah. is, first of all, <laughs> amazing. And congratulations for for a long marriage, too. That You did not stay in contact during that time uh, when Rolly went off to do Design 27? No, and- you know, it's interesting. We had other mutual friends that were still at the studio even after I left, and we always knew where he was. Mm-hmm. They were always talking to us about he, he was leaving or he was coming back. Right. And they used to print a newsletter at the studio, and we would get copies of it. So we always kind of knew where he was. And we occasionally, um, path, our, our paths crossed, um, lots of little, it's kind of a cute story, but we won't go, <laughs> go, go into all of them. But, uh, yeah, over the years, we just kind of, uh, like two ships in the night, as they say. Have you, uh, have you gotten a ride on the back of uh, Ro- uh, Rolly's motorcycle? I know he's, he's given at least least one lady a ride on the back there. Or were you after the motorcycle days? <laughs> Through an office building. Through a- I, was after, I was after that. You know, I, uh, I started uh, at the studio in 65. And what did you do for the studio? I was hired into the uh, Buena Vista Records. Oh, okay. And then I, I uh, transferred into uh, wardrobe and makeup. And then I moved to Florida and worked at uh, the Contemporary Hotel, the Polynesian Hotel there for about three years. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. And then ended up back here in San Diego. And, uh, well, then you, you were able to, to weigh in on our eternal Disneyland versus Walt Disney World debate, uh, having worked, uh, worked in yeah. both locations. Do you have a preference between the two? Oh, God, yes. Disneyland. Yeah, okay, that's the right answer. Way to go. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I started in 65 and left in 70, late 72, and I'm from New Jersey originally, and so family would visit during that whole time, and of course, every year I was, you know, multiple times at the park, and, you know, I loved the park, and I loved all the work in the park, never at that time realizing that Rolly had done most, most of the things sure. that I really loved. But when I moved to Florida and went to Disney World, it was a giant disappointment. Oh, interesting. A giant disappointment, yeah. I hated it, actually. Oh, uh, why? But because it, uh, it was so different. It didn't have the same feel. When you entered the park, it just, it just was not the same. When you go to Disneyland, it's like you've entered another world, mm. and you really forget there is an outside world. And... Uh, at the at Walt Disney World, it just—I'm sure I'm going to insult a lot of people. No way. <laughs> no, I love it. I love what you're saying, Rick. Yeah, it just didn't have the same feel. No, um, no, not at all. And Roy later, of course, uh, in uh, many of his talks, would talk about that and yeah. the difference. And that's when I realized what that was—why mm. I didn't like Disney World. Yeah, there's no charm. Mm. Uh, well, it was a very sad story. Uh, People that were in charge didn't know how to trace Disneyland, which is really kind of sad because all the uh, people that worked on Disneyland were still available, but they had different they had different people come in. I'll give you a good example: the Dick Irvine that was in charge of Wet at that time. When it came time to Disney World, he brought in all of his buddies from 20th Century Fox yeah. to design it, and uh, they didn't have a clue how to design something that was charming. And so after a while, El Camille was really awkward. So uh, let me ask a question to, to both of you about that. Now, w- one of the often repeated things that Walt always said about the Florida project was the blessing of size. Do you think that 
that actually was a blessing uh, now in retrospect? Well, you're talking about overall acreage and all of that, but it, it wasn't so much that. Roly always talks about the scale of the, the building. Well, the, what they did was when <clears throat> Disneyland was designed, uh, Walt had all the designers designed everything to scale, you know, smaller scale, so that it wasn't over overdrawn. The buildings were not too big. And um, what happened was they brought these architects in from 20th Century Fox, and they didn't know how to scale anything down. Mm. And so all of a sudden, everything got to be very cumbersome, mm. and which is really kind of sad. And it was one of the main reasons I left WED at that time was because I couldn't stand the way it was being designed, and uh, which is sad because it was all there, and all the animators were still available. But uh, Dick Irvine was from 20th Century Fox, so he rel- related on, I mean, worked with them instead, because he didn't understand. <clears throat> he didn't understand charm, which is sad. Yeah, you, you talk about Dick Irvine in your book a lot. He's sort of a foil for you throughout the book. Um, do, do you believe that, that Dick just had a different vision of what Disney was as opposed to Walt? And that's the, that was the challenge? He had no vision at all. <laughs> Good answer. No, no, no. He was just you know, kind of a hardcore guy. There was an article in the paper about him once, and I really cracked up with a little sketch of him. and said, Dick Irvine, <clears throat> supervising art director at WED, but he doesn't draw. <laughs> and I thought that was priceless. No, he wasn't an artist. Yeah, he was a businessman. He couldn't see two artist's eyes. So, Marie, um, what does what does Disneyland mean to you uh, specifically? And then what does Disneyland mean to you knowing that you are married to a man who helped make Disneyland what it is? It's really hard to put all of that into words, actually, because yeah. coming from New Jersey, it's so interesting because I used to, as a, a little kid, I would um, copy the comic books, little, little <clears throat> Lucy or one of them. Anyway, I would draw on, the, on cardboard. And when I... <laughs> I was married when I came out here. When we were leaving to New Jersey to come to California, my dad said, why don't you take your artwork? I mean, he somehow thought I was going to end up at Disney, I guess. I had no clue what I was going to do. Anyway, so Disneyland was always very special to me. And as I said earlier, everything that I absolutely loved about the park really had a hand in, and I had no idea about it. I'm proud, so proud, and uh, I just admire Roy so much for so many reasons. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> we enjoy it. <laughs> and and do, you, do you get the opportunity to enjoy it together uh, often? Well, you know, when we first met, we went on a date on Wednesday, on a Wednesday afternoon, I think it was in April, and <clears throat> the park was empty, and it was just great. Yeah. And that was, and I hadn't been there in years. And then uh, when Rolly's book came out, he did a couple of book signings there, and there were a couple of other events that we went to, and the park was so different. It was yeah. so crowded, and it was impossible to get around, and of course, at that point, Rolly was having difficulty getting around, so really, <clears throat> it was not much fun. Sure. The last time we went, I think it was uh, at Christmas time, and uh, his family was there, and that was a, a good memory. I think uh, seeing the park lit up again at Christmas and, and enjoying it uh, at that time of the year, <clears throat> and we haven't been since, really. It's been years. 
So, uh, Marie, what is you, if you could pick out one favorite piece of Rolly's other than your portrait that he, that he painted for you, what would you say is, is your favorite piece? I don't think I have a favorite because he has so many, you know, he has the day of the dead. He has the Asian artwork and, uh, you know, I have favorites in each of those themes. Um, he, he did one, Asian one, and, um, it was called summer breeze and it's, it's absolutely gorgeous, mm. and uh, it's an Asian woman with an umbrella, but the, her skirt and the background, there's so much detail and beautiful uh, design and line work and the colors, just gorgeous. Mm. I think his, uh, his grandson has that piece, actually. Oh, is that right? It didn't go to the, the auction. Yeah, his grandson has it. Okay, I, Marie, I'm going to ask you one, one, I, one last question. Okay. Uh, well, maybe one last question. Let me ask you another question. What is your impression of the Disney fan community uh, now that you are solidly a part of it being married with to Rolly? Um, well, I'm only familiar with the people that write to Rolly, and there are many, 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 many of those people. Sure. Uh, and I can't tell you how many times we sit here and read letters and cry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because uh, Roy had no clue how he has influenced or affected people. And reading those letters, most of the letters, interestingly enough, are from men hmm. in, in, in their 40s. Married men with children um, who are enjoying Disney now through the eyes of their own kids. But so many of them... It, it, even in your profession, uh, Scott, um, somehow were influenced by what they saw as little kids in the park. Sure. It's amazing, and it's very touching and beautiful, and I'm going to cry right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, as being two men in that demographic that you just sure. identified, uh, yeah. we can definitely relate to that, you know, just... Yeah. Um, it's funny in reading his reading his book. I've read his book, you know, you know, one and a half times, I'll say. And there's all these little details in it, and 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 it seems that I think what's happening for some of us guys in the '40s is it's not just the ride, like Small World or the thing, but the the thing about it that actually you find out that Rolly was actually the one that touched this part of it, and that's the part of it that meant something to me. And and so when you talk about some of that stuff, like I just kept having that experience with him, like, but I saw this little thing and I like that. And then you'll just casually read, oh, but Rolly designed that little thing, and I'm like, but that's the thing I really like. I like that tiny little detail, and those little details mean a lot to to a lot of us. And to find out, just you just keep seeing Rolly's name behind that, and you just can't help but fall in love with the guy because of it. Well, that's the, that's how I felt, and the idea at the time, everybody thought Walt Disney did everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, right. you had no idea that there were brilliant artists behind so much of that work, and uh, although he had his, Walt had his hand in everything, I mean, these people were so creative, and, yeah. and I mean, this had never been done before. Right. It's just amazing to me um, that they created a whole industry, and then, you know, with the internet, of course, you know, that just opened a whole new world to, to everyone. Uh, anyway, yeah. And th- there are so many aspects of the, of the things that Rolly touched there that I think guys like Aaron and I are sharing with our kids at their earliest ages, right? I mean, you, you are able yeah. to experience the Tiki Room or It's a Small World with your children as young as possible, 
and and instantly are building this common bond and this immediate you're you're both creating memories and you're experiencing nostalgia at the same time and that yeah. in and of itself is disney magic and then to Not be able exactly. to right and exactly. then and then just knowing that Rolly had a hand in that you you feel a connection with the artist behind that because you you want to be able to let them know how much their creation has affected again both your own memories uh, w- as a child and your memories with your with your children. The ones you're making now, that's yeah, right. that's right. Very special, and yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks so much for chatting with us, Maria. That was <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad we get to talk oh, more. No, no problem. Well, thank let, you. Let's um, I want let's talk about the the tiki room a little bit. Let me. Can I ask? Can I tell uh, Rolly something before we get going? Absolutely. Uh, I want to tell Rolly, I I tried my hand at making some propellers this the last two weeks, and it's harder than it looks. I keep getting my I keep getting my balance hole. It's not centered, and my propeller keeps falling over. So I'm going to keep at it, but I want him to know that I actually I tried it with my kids. We tried to make a couple. I can't get my dent in the center of it. My my dent is off center, and my propellers keep crashing. <laughs> he can't seem to get the uh, the dent in the center of the clip. Yes, I'm having trouble. Yeah, well, yeah, I know what that's all about. <laughs> I had to live through that. <laughs> but what you know, once you do one and it works, then you're okay. Uh, but you have to do one that works first. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you. I'm going to keep at it. The last, the last little thing I wanted to ask about from our last episode, uh, I made a joke on our last episode that we're, we're talking to a guy, Rolly, who helped design the Haunted Mansion, and I could ask him anything I wanted, and all I cared about was the wallpaper. As it turns <laughs> out, you might have actually designed the wallpaper. Talking about the wallpaper in the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. He's asking if you designed it. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> People love that wallpaper. Like, the internet loves that wallpaper. No, I, I didn't design this wallpaper. <laughs> it was just my style of little characters that I was drawing. And uh, one of the interior designers took that and made wallpaper out of it. And I didn't even, I didn't even know that. And all of a sudden, people said, well, you know, we've seen your wallpaper. I said, what? I don't know what they were talking about. I didn't know that they had taken some of my sketches and made wallpaper out of them. It's from one of the Museum of the Weird Sketches. Oh, amazing. Yeah. It's, characters. it's a portion of that character. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Are you aware that that wallpaper is incredibly popular, that it is... People put it in their homes? Uh, it's beloved by, by Disney fans and Haunted Mansion fans all over? Are they making wallpaper out of it? People are getting it custom printed and putting it in there. They have Haunted Mansion rooms in their house that have just all props oh. and things from it. And that wallpaper is is on, I would say, lots of people's uh, desktop backgrounds on their computers. Oh. <laughs> and using it in their homes in different Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, they'll sell a ton. I think somebody... <laughs> if there's an article of clothing that can be made, it will be made with that uh, Haunted Mansion print. There's no doubt about oh, it's, that. It's, it's pretty interesting design. You want to hear the story about the wallpaper, how it all happened? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What, what, basically, what happened was uh, when I was working on the mansion, we were going to have a presentation to Walt about a lot of things we were working on. And that was all the different uh, designers. And I had done the all series of these real kind of weird sketches and stuff that I did. And uh, so when we had the presentation, they had all my sketches in the back of the room thinking that Walt wouldn't see them because they didn't like them. Uh, Dick Irvine <laughs> didn't like my work. 
So he put in the behind Walt. And when the meeting was over, Walt says, is that it? And he says, yes, it is. And he says, what's well, the stuff behind me? And he says, well, it's something Rolly did. And he says, well, what did Rolly do? And they said, we don't know. You ask him. So then <laughs> Walt asked me, he says, what is it? And I said, I don't know. I said, I just think that there should be a lot of scary stuff in the mansion. And I don't I haven't seen anything that's that scary yet. So Walt said, well, how do we use it? I said, I don't know. So we went through a whole series of questions with my answers always being, I don't know. So he says, I'm out of here. And so he left and everybody told told me that he was really upset and didn't want to didn't want to deal with my stuff. But the next morning when I came to Walt, Walt sitting at my desk and he called me the first thing he said, You son of a bitch. And I said, Oh God, what did I do now? And he said, I he says, I couldn't sleep last night. All those weird things that you showed me, those sketches, he said, were really strange. And he says, I was trying to, how the hell can we use all that stuff that Rolly did? <clears throat> and he said, before the night was over, he says, I came to the conclusion there should be a museum of weird. So he says, Rolly, I want you to design a museum of the weird. I said, oh, good. <laughs> and so then when, when we walked out, everybody said, well, thank you, Walt. And Walt said, well, thank you. And then he said, thank you, Rolly. And he went on out. Mm-hmm. But that was, uh, it was I, Walt's idea to make a museum of the weird. It wasn't mine. It was just all of my word sketches. Was was that going to be at the exit of the Haunted Mansion? Was that the idea? Yes, it was. Haunted it was going to be part of the exit. In other words, once you got off the ride, you exited into the Museum of the Weird, mm-hmm. and then you went on outside. <laughs> Those designs that you made for the Museum of the Weird, some of them get incorporated into the Haunted Mansion. Some of them don't. Uh, but, but those remainder actually got accumulated and was put in a, a recent comic book, a relatively recent comic book by uh, published by Marvel that was called Seekers of the Weird, correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and how did that feel to, to sort of see a lot of those designs finally realized in comic book form? Was it at least nice to know that they had used some of your designs, you know, yeah. in the comic book series? Yeah, that's great, sure. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll move, move off of that. that. We'll move off of that. <laughs> Have you ever thought about uh, about taking some of the sketches and... Uh, making designs out of them. I, I saw in the book that that Rolly at one point had had mocked up a potential chess set using some of those those designs. I mean, is that something you've ever thought about doing? Uh, is there any reason why you haven't done that? Uh, I, I think, especially because Museum of the Weird has become such a cult following for Disney fans, that there would yep. be a real appetite for something like that. Yeah, I think what kept us or kept them from doing anything is that it, they really belong to Disney. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Roy did he, as he has done with almost all of his artwork. He always does more than one. Yeah, and he had done uh, some duplicate sketches that you know we still have, and had, and are in the book. And um, but the originals are are there at uh, at the park. The um, but let's talk about one of the attractions that did see the light of day: uh, the Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, Roly, would you mind telling us what it was like to be in that first meeting with Walt and John Hench uh, when the Tiki Room was first being discussed? <laughs> yeah. John Hench and Walt when you were talking uh, about Yeah. Well, <clears throat> you know, you have to remember a lot of these things happen by accident, and that's the way most of the stuff was designed. Um, what happened was uh, they, uh, they, uh, they wanted, we wanted to do the Tiki Room, 
and they they knew that it was going to be a uh, no, no they yeah they thought it was going to be a restaurant to begin with, and um, <clears throat> what happened was John Hinch was asked to do a rendering of what the inside of the tiki room would look like, and uh, present that to Walt, which he did, and in the in the sketch he did he had tiki's and he had birds in cages and he had all kinds of stuff that was very uh, has that uh, you know. Uh, ocean, uh, you know, the... Uh, like a tropical feel to it? Uh, yeah, Pacific, uh, all the yeah, stuff from the... Yeah. And uh, so Walt took one look at him and took one look at Walt, I mean, at uh, Hench's sketch, and he says, John, you can't have birds in there. And John says, why not? And he says, because they'll poop in the food. <laughs> and everybody cracked up. Because that was Walt. You know, it just kind of cut through right to the core. And so, so then Hench started double talking, and finally said, "Well, may, maybe there'll be stuffed birds." And then, and Walt says, "No, Disney doesn't stuff birds." And so, <laughs> really, kind of a wild little conversation. And finally, somebody said, "Well, maybe they're little uh, mechanical figures." And so Walt said, "Oh, little mechanical birds." He says, "That sounds good." So the <clears throat> the room was let go at, at that time. And Walt said to me, says, Oli, why don't you design all the bird cages and some of the tiki's? I said, okay, fine. And that was at a time it came straight from Walt. I went straight to Hench. I said, what the hell will I do, John? Now, John says, <laughs> do your homework. He said, get a book on the islands of the Pacific and read up on it. So I did. And I read up on all the gods and the goddesses of the Pacific. And so I had something to, to draw from. So I drew all these up and showed them to Walt. The next time we got together, he says, okay, Willie, those are great. He says, that's exactly what we'll do. So he said, take them a little further. So what he meant by taking them a little further was sculpt them. And I'd never sculpted before in my life. So I'm out there sculpting these tiki's, having a good old time with them. And Walt really enjoyed my sculpting. And I thought, oh, my God. So that's how I got involved. (laughs) So I sculpted all the tiki's in the tiki room as well as sculpting the birdmobile that came out of the ceiling. So then I became a sculptor, which was something I had never done. But you do whatever Wall asks you to do. I understand you had some very professional sculpting tools that you used. Will you tell us, tell us what the tools were that you used to sculpt this yeah. stuff? High-end stuff, I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, mine was a little plastic fork from the commissary. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I used plastiline clay and and to sculpt uh, and to put a texture on it that you know, looks like it was a palm frond or or, or uh, part of a uh, of a tree or whatever. I used this little uh, fork to kind of sculpt it to make it look like it had been a, a tree first. So anyway, that's how I got started. Was that little plastic fork? Did was Blaine Gibson? Did he provide any uh, education to you about how to sculpt? Because of course he was the main sculptor for Disneyland. No, 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 no whatsoever. <laughs> it's just Blaine, trial by Blaine fire. Just, yeah, Blaine, Blaine and I got along great, <laughs> and Blaine knew what I was doing and accepted it. It was beautiful. Of, of all those tiki gods that you designed, Rolly, do you have a particular favorite? Uh. Yeah, the first one, and I can't remember his name, the one that was spitting water. With the, yeah, with the bamboo. Yeah, the bamboo, the, the clock. Is what, you know, yeah. it was, he was part of the clock, yes. Right. Yeah, that was my favorite. One of the things that I love about that tiki is that there are a couple of different characters in the face of that tiki god, and you can really see it in the sketch that you drew, that there's a, a, a little 
uh, a little figure inside the face of a larger figure with a third figure in the sun that's being pulled down by that God. And I just find that to be such a, a beautifully artistic interpretation of what ultimately ends up being the God of time. Yeah. We always kind of always take it to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. As often as you could. And that was something else that Hinch taught me. He was my teacher, which was great. And uh, so he'd always say, take it to the next level. In fact, at one time when I came back, he says, talk about take it to the next level. He says, the management here really sucks. He says, Roy, it's time for you to take over. Uh, uh, he was a sweetheart. One of, one of the things people love, obviously, about the Disneyland Tiki Room is is when when the rain effect happens. And I think you uh, mentioned that Yale Gracie was the one that designed the water effect at the Disneyland Tiki Room. Um, I want to know if you just had any thoughts on on that rain effect with the mylar and what they did in Walt Disney World when they tried to use real water. With, with real, real water? No, no, that was stupid. That was. Uh, Blaine was the one that came up with the fake water, and they had to go back to that. You know, and that's nothing more than mylar, sheets of mylar that have been stripped, that are like mirrored, and then you put them on a vibrator. So it makes it look like it's water, makes it look like it's rain. So, you know, there's all, you know, his Blaine Gibson, I mean, uh, Yale Gracie's work that did that. So, uh, Rolly, did you realize when you were designing the Tiki Room that your designs would become the inspiration for thousands of handmade tiki rooms throughout the world? And if, if not, what do you think about that now? I didn't have a clue what I was thinking I designed. I was ever going to be anything. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's all a surprise to me, yeah. you know, which is kind of neat, you know. Even now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rolly, let's talk about It's a Small World and the Tower of the Four Winds, how they go together. Um, the Tower of the Four Winds is a marquee for the small world. And how did Walt approach you about designing this uh, entrance for the 64 world, World's Fair? Well, that's easy. <laughs> I had my room filled with propellers. This was before I was hired to work for WED. And, uh, I mean, um, What's his name? One of the animators was in meetings with Walt, and Walt says, "You know, we got to get more people to come to come to Wed." He says, "So we got to reach back into the uh, animation department to bring some more people to Wed from there." And so he said to Walt, "He says we need to get Rolly Crump," and uh, and Walt says, "Who the hell's Rolly Crump?" And he says, "Well, he's having an exhibit in the library right now. If you want to see Rolly's work, go take a look at that." <clears throat> Well, I got a call from the librarian the next day, and she said, Walt was in to see your exhibit today. And I said, oh, my God. I said, what did he do? And she says, he enjoyed himself. He laughed. He had a good time. I said, oh, my God. And so what happened was, because of my propellers, uh, Walt loved the propellers, uh, because that whole room was, the the exhibit that I did was I had the whole room running, and all these propellers ran off the air conditioning. So this whole room was alive with these propellers. So that's what Walt remembered, and that's why he hired me, was because of the propellers. And so then he said, came to me when we did the World's Fair, and he said, Lord, I want you to do me a tower of propellers. So I actually built a model, and I was on television with Walt, yeah. talking about uh, the uh, World's Fair and the Tower of the Four Winds. And uh, so he said, everybody got a chance to see the model on TV. I and have then, to- of course... Of course, then all of a sudden we had to have it built. 
and Maypole wouldn't build it. They were afraid of it. And so they subcontracted to a company, on, a sign company on the outside to build it. And uh, that's another story that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, well, what happened was <clears throat> when, the, when the engineers got a hold of it, they made everything real fat because it had to survive, you know, because there's heavy winds and everything. And so it had to be clumsy. And so when we got finished with it, Walt and I were standing at the World's Fair looking at I mean, at the, excuse me, at the manufacturer looking at it. Walt said to me, Roy, what do you think? <clears throat> and I said, I think it's a piece of crap. He says, it can't be a piece of crap. It cost me, what, $200,000. And so I turned to Walt and said, oh, okay, it's not a piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> so then they went ahead and it the way we went. But your your original vision for it was a much uh, taller and thinner uh, structure. Is that correct? Yeah, your your image of it was that it would have been taller and thinner. Yeah, well, it was more uh, more delicate. The the reason I thought it was a piece of crap because it was clumsy looking. It was very fat. Uh, they had things that were six in my designs. They were uh, six inches in diameter, and then they became sixteen inches in di- in, di- in diameter. And so, therefore, everything got real fat, and that's what I was upset about. It lost the delicacy. Yeah. And I told Wall, I said, if we want to build a good one, let's put it in a building so we don't have to worry about the uh, hurricanes. Because what happened was, <clears throat> at the World's Fair, uh, they, uh, and they closed it down in the wintertime. It wasn't open to the public. <clears throat> the big winds came up, and one of the one of the big propellers, eight-foot propeller, came loose and went right through a building. Wow. And uh, I said, oh, Jesus Christ, we can't have that. So that was one of the reasons I didn't, I didn't want to bring it back to Disneyland. I didn't want anyone hit by a, a flying propeller. <laughs> uh, I was a little concerned if they don't know how to build it correctly and then safety, then I don't want it. Because supposedly the engineering was supposed to put brakes on it so that after the RPM got too great, a brake would take over and slow it down. Well, they never did that. They said they engineered it, but they never did it. So there was talk of of bringing it back to Disneyland, uh, but it, the as I understand it, the 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 Tower of the Forms didn't make it back to Disneyland. What, why was that? And do you know what happened to it? The original tower. Well, what happened was they, all the all the vice presidents were going to have a meeting with Walt about whether we're going to bring the uh, tower back, <clears throat> and uh, the. Well, they, uh, they all didn't want to bring it back for one reason or another. One of them was going to cost too much money to bring it back. Another one, the, the cost to maintain it because it was, it was going to take a lot of maintenance. And uh, so they said, Wall wants to bring it back. But uh, I said, yeah, I know. And I, he said, well, we, what are you going to tell him? I'm going to tell him I don't want to bring it back. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, you tell Walt you're not going to bring it back. So I did. Yeah. And Walt listened to what I had to say, knowing full, knowing full well that all those vice presidents had their reasons for not bringing it back. <clears throat> and so he looked at me and kind of smiled. And he says, okay, well, I'm bringing it back. And they were thrilled. And I was thrilled, too, because I didn't want to present any problems with anybody with that. Yeah, you so, didn't want that propeller spinning down well, the street. Well, it was supposedly cut up into little pieces and thrown in the river back there. That's, that's what I heard. <laughs> I don't know how true that was. I don't know. <laughs> When you were designing uh, the tower, Rolly, what was your inspiration for it? And were you trying to convey a message with that design? 
No, no, nothing. I was just trying to build a tower of propellers. <laughs> I just took the easy way out and did two arches that were welded together, and then the propellers all sprung away from those. So it was kind of like the propellers became like a Christmas tree. Uh, instead of leaves or whatever, it was propellers instead of all the uh, decoration. So it really was a Christmas tree in my mind. And the, the propellers were the balls and the tinsel. The decoration. Yeah, the decoration, yeah. I never heard you say that. Hmm? I've never heard you say that. No. Well, that's probably the first time I've ever said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the significance of the name, the Tower of the Four Winds? Is that s- supposed to be based on a north, south, east, and west, or is that something else? No, Walt, that's Walt did that. Yeah. No, Walt named it immediately, and that was that. He never explained. No, he no, that. no, no. He knows the he knows the tower of a bunch of propellers, and so he said it's the tower of the four winds. I mean, he just came out with it, you know, and that was it. That feels very Walt. Oh yeah, God, yes, yeah. He went. <laughs> he was always right there. So, Rolly, when you were working on the development of "It's a Small World," uh, before Mary Blair came on. Mark Davis was doing a lot of production work on that, and I'm curious to know what a Mark Davis-inspired small world looks like. Yeah, what happened was Walt wanted to be a, a ride about children around the world for the world, you know, for small world for the World's Fair, and so he asked uh, Mark Davis to do a rendering of what the inside of small world would look like. So Mark, actually being always one of the first guys that Walt would choose to do design something, uh, he designed uh, this whole room with toys uh, that were animated and everything. And so they showed it to Walt. And Walt took one look at it and says, what's Mary Blair doing? <laughs> because she was a stylist of children. And she and so, of course, uh, Dick Irvine didn't use his head about who to, to assign it. He assigned it to Mark instead of saying, well, what about Mary Blair? Everybody knew that Mary did the best children ever as far as the animation goes. So that's how that all got started. So then Walt said, uh, call Mary and see if she's available because she, she was living in New York. And so Dick Irvine called her and she said, yeah, she'd love to come out and work with us. So that was, that was and she was a, uh, one of my uh, gods. I have a book on gods and goddesses and she was one of them because <laughs> I cut out everything that she had done because I loved her style. She's such a beautiful stylist. And that's the problem with Dick Irvine. He didn't know what styling was. <laughs> so anyway. When you, got, okay. you know, Walt knew his, knew the talent of his people. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, she was perfect for that. And it, Walt knew how to pair talent together, too. I mean, he paired you and Yale together for the Haunted Mansion. He paired yeah. you and Mary together for It's a Small World. How did the two of you work together in that way? How, how did you... Incredibly uh, well. I mean, we were... We were on the same page. We both loved color out of the tube, and uh, we just loved raw, bright colors. And then the rest of it was styling. She was a better stylist than I was, but she, but we still were on the same plateau. Is there a place in your mind where, for it's a small world, where Rolly Crump ends and Mary Blair takes off, or vice versa? Uh, no, not really. No, no, no. I think we complement each other. Yeah. I, I agree. Color I, I, and patterns, and so I think was a, we just complimented each other. That's all. We didn't try to copy each other, and I copied Mary the best I could to keep Small World looking like Mary Blair. Yeah. 
I wanted the, the, it to be like a Mary Blair ride. I didn't want to have my name attached to the design of it at all. I just wanted Mary's name attached. And it and as it turned out, it turned out fine. Well, I'm it's thrilled about the way it turned out. It's just an example of a beautiful creative pairing. You know, you you there is like you said, there is such a complementary nature between your design and Mary's design for that attraction. Oh, it's a beautiful marriage. There really is. Yeah. When you were working on It's a Small World, you were in charge of sculpting a lot of the toys that went inside that attraction. And I'm wondering whether or not you have a favorite. No, not really, because they. Uh, I'm trying to think of any toys I would have designed. Oh yes. <laughs> no, she just remembered. Yeah, I did a Mary doll for the ride. Uh, a little, a little sketch of a of a stylized Mary. And we made it as a doll, and we put her in the Tower of the Four Winds. Oh, that's so great. that's my favorite. That's my favorite. Well, I completely <laughs> forgot about her. Oh, it is. Oh, not in the Tower of the Four Winds. It was in the French Tower. In the, <laughs> in, yeah, inside, the, inside the inside the attraction, I, I gave up today. <laughs> <laughs> um, when when you were designing the tower and it's a small world that was obviously done for uh, the Pepsi Pavilion for uh, the World's Fair. Did at that time did you have any idea that that was going to be coming back to Disneyland, or was that a decision that was made after the World's Fair? No, I designed it for the fair. I didn't think about it coming back to Disneyland at all. It was Walt's idea to bring it back. I want to talk about the facade of It's a Small World. You would think with 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 uh, with with Rolly and with Mary being such fans of of color and not only bright color um, that guests now see what's what's uh, more subdued or more white. And I was wondering if 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 you would comment on why why the facade is plain and what that was like to to design that. Yeah. Well, I know I know that answer. Uh, <laughs> no, when we were designing it. And I was working with the paint shop at Disneyland. And they came to me and they said, what color are you going to paint the facade? And I said, I don't know. I haven't made up my mind yet. And they said, well, you know, if you, where they're going to build it, he says, the sun beats down there. And what will happen is we'll have to repaint the facade every year because the bright colors that you're using uh, are going to burn out. So I thought to myself, if, if they're going to burn out, we've got to use colors that won't. And so naturally, white was the answer. And the color was the accents that we put on it. So I was definitely, it was the paint shop's decision to help me make that decision. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a question about that because the monochromatic look of the facade and that it's white and gold is really in stark contrast to just how bright and colorful the interior of the ride is. So was that transition from very monochromatic to incredibly colorful, to the final show scene of of uh, the children of the world being united in the same colors, is that just a happy accident, or was there some thought and intentionality behind that when designing the facade and the color of the facade? No, 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 none whatsoever. Happy accident. Yeah, the happy a happy accident was the gold leaf. Yeah, because you know, you know, I asked them what what I, I talked to the paint shop about the gold paint. They said we don't have any gold paint. I said, well, I see, and I pointed out different things at Disneyland that had gold on it that I thought was paint. They said, no, that's gold leaf. That's not paint. And we, so when we use the gold leaf, we actually use up all the gold leaf in the United States. <laughs> the no, that's a true story. We used, we had to go to uh, I mean, uh, Germany to get gold. We had to buy gold leaf from Germany. 
to do the facade of small world. Well, uh, in that facade uh, and in front of that facade, one of the most beloved aspect of that ride for my family is the clock tower. We have just spent so much time. I mean, me as a child spent so much time looking at that clock tower and waiting for the clock tower to open and the and, and all of the characters come out. I've shared that experience with my kids. I know Aaron has done the same. So one, I just want to thank you for that. But I also wanted to ask you what the development of the clock tower was. It was Walt. Again, this is Walt's idea. You know, I have to stop and think about all the things that Walt came up with that we had to do. When, the, uh, when you entered the boat ride, there was a platform that the boat went into. It was like a little stage that was there, and the boat went right into that, behind that, under, under that stage, and went into the ride. And so, because it was like a little platform, Walt said, what are you going to put on it? And I said, I don't know. I haven't given it any thought. And I said, maybe we could have orchestra bands come up there and play. Walt said, no, we're not putting any band on top of that area. So he says, why don't you, why don't you design a clock to be there? And, you know, and I said, great. So I immediately went home and called Mary Blair. I said, Mary, design me a clock and mail it to me, which she did. <laughs> And I've got the original sketch of the small world clock that, that I had. It's in the, uh, huh? It's in, the, it's, it's in the book. Well, that's what happened with Walt's idea to put a, 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 a clock up there. And we did. And I think we did a beautiful job. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I, was, I was sharing your story of the development of the clock with my 10-year-old daughter. And, uh, and I was explaining about how you had the idea for a band. And Walt said, now, why don't we put a clock up there? And my 10-year-old said, well, Walt got what he wanted and Rolly got what he wanted because there is a band that comes out of the clock yeah. uh, and plays for everybody. Exactly. His 10-year-old realized that you said you wanted a band there, maybe. Yeah. And he said clock. And his 10-year-old, Scott's 10-year-old daughter said, well, they both got what they wanted. <laughs> because yeah, it's a clock, but there is a band that comes Yeah, 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 that's great. Thank you, that's beautiful. Uh, really, I, I have one last question for you. Uh, and, then, and then, again, I just want to thank you for the time that you spent with us today. What is it like for you to experience It's a Small World uh, and the Tiki Room, the other places that you've designed as a grandfather? What's it like to be a grandpa uh, taking your kids to Disneyland and experiencing this place that you helped design. Well, I enjoyed that. It was great. It really was. And my uh, my two grandsons were sweethearts when we took them to the... They were always so goddamn excited to come see me, no matter whether they came out to my little farm or whether I took them to Disneyland. So the little, two, two little guys really loved me. In fact, they called me Papa. <laughs> I'll bet you at the time they were little that you... They didn't even know that you had designed anything. Probably not. Yeah, you're right. You never, no. 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 I, I can guarantee. I wasn't there, obviously. I'll bet you anything. You never said that you did this or you did that. Or well, I don't know. I don't remember doing that, no. I don't remember taking them when they were dinko, you know, when they were little. little. Uh, another really quick question I have is, what is something that has been lost in Disneyland over the years? Oh, that's a tough one. And uh, I don't know, just it lost uh, the control. There was a certain control. When Walt was alive, there was a certain control that he kept in charge of uh, the people that worked for him yeah. to, take care, to take care of the park. 
Rolly, we just are delighted to be able to speak with you yeah. and Marie, you too. I, again, this has been, I, I don't, I don't know if you, I hope you can understand what a gift this is to us. Absolutely. Thank it, you so it's much. It's just such a delight and, uh, and a privilege. And we, That's uh, very sweet. we really, we really just appreciate everything you have done for us as children and done for us as dads. Uh, it's just tremendous. And so we yeah. look forward to the opportunity to get together with you uh, whenever that is. There's something about the way that uh, Rolly tells stories that when my kids listen to it, I think everybody, everybody feels there's just such a warmness, such a genuineness, uh. such a love in his voice. I don't know that it matters what he's talking about, but when he's talking about <laughs> Disneyland, all my kids felt it in the car when they listened to him talking. There's just, there's something about the way he talks that feels good to people. And I just, I love that. You're absolutely right, and I will share that with him okay. when we get Thank on you. the phone. Okay. Aaron, um, yeah, I, it's all from his heart, and that's what makes it so special. And and the, the only reason he ever wanted to do a book was to share the story so yeah, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't die, you know, alone yeah. with Walt, so... Well, thank you guys so much. Take a good nap. Well, looking forward to talking to you again. You bet. Good. <laughs> thank you, We're going to bring you lunch. We're going to hang out. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, Bye-bye. 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 Bye to your family. Oh, uh, we yeah. will. Thank, you. thank you so much. Worldly Crump and Marie. Do you mean mom and dad? Mom and dad. <laughs> they're, they're my mom and dad. I don't care what you say. I'm nope. asking them to adopt me. They're my mom and dad. <laughs> they're our mom and dad. Oh, they're so much fun to talk to. They're just... It's so selfish on my part. Like, I'm just, like, closing my eyes, trying to picture the room that he was in. I'm oh, like, I 100%. I just want to know. And oh, so great. I, I just love sitting and talking with Marie, too. She's just so sweet, and it's such a great... Again, I can't believe that we have a show that allows us to be able to do this. Yeah. It's so tremendous to me, and... It brings me so much joy to yeah. be able to do this. It, what a wonderful couple. I couple. like that. Uh, I like that talking to Rolly and some, it's like a day at Disneyland when, yeah. when I've heard some of these stories before, I know these stories, these stories, but then in his story, he accidentally tells something he's never told before. It's the first time it's, 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 it's like Disneyland where you, you've been there so many times, but then there's this new thing. And, and it's amazing how his stories pair Disneyland in that way of just like both times we've talked to him being like, I don't think I've ever told that story before. And I just get, jazzed out I'm of my so excited. mind about it. Isn't it amazing to you that a man who has that much of a fingerprint on Disneyland that he's not sharing it with his family that way. Like it's that that it's not something that he is showing off to his family. It's something he's experiencing with yeah. his family. I mean if if it were you or I, I mean you know how much I talk about being a cast member. Yeah. Like I it's it's one of the greatest things that I've done in my life and I love sharing it with people. Yeah. And he's just a very close to the vest kind of guy when it comes to that. He's he obviously has love and warmth and care for uh and appreciation for what he's done, but I just find it interesting to hear that his grandkids probably didn't know that he design it's a small world when yeah. they were riding on it it's such a true i mean it's such a true artist and there's different types of artists but there is this thing about a true artist like that where it's like i made the thing the thing is doing what i intended it to do it's entertaining people my comment on that now is not needed and, and if you listen to him talk he's he's usually pretty hesitant about commenting on a message behind it yeah which one is his favorite it's just he put it into the world it came from him it was an expression of art and now that art is doing what it was intended to do it's entertaining it's it's creating me and now he can step back and he doesn't need to now 
talk about it. There's a, there's a confidence there. There's a, a humility there. There's a letting art be art there. Yeah. I just, I think that he's really uh, interesting as an artist in that way. I was going to ask him, I wanted to ask him, like, I get the feeling that if, if, if bobsleds and Bantha started a petition to get a, a Rolly Crump doll in small world, cause there isn't one yeah. and there should be. Yeah. I get the feeling he'd be uncomfortable with that. That I, he, he I get would that not like too. that. Yeah. It's interesting to hear him talk about his love for Mary Blair and that he had, he attributes Small World to being Mary's ride. Yeah. When it's very clear that there is Rolly DNA in that. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, can we get a Rolly Crump doll in there? I just we we when we go down there and have lunch, we'll bring it up that we that this <laughs> we is the one to. thing I want to accomplish with my life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because I want I want a Rolly Crump doll in there, uh, oh doing gosh. something that he would love that he would love uh, doing something that that's that means something to him. And uh, if if we could make a permanent impact on Small World from our podcast, it'd this, be amazing. I think we have found a life's work right I now. I know. <laughs> uh, in whatever small form that is. Yeah. Anyways. Well, hey, listen, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Bobsas and Banthas. Uh, we have loved making this show, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to it. We release every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, uh, wherever you get podcasts. And if we are not where you want us to be, please let us know, and we will be there. We would love it if you left us a five-star review on iTunes. You can actually do it in the app right now. Uh, it helps us know how we're doing about the show and it helps other people find out about that show. We just thank all of our listeners who have been supporting us over these past many episodes and uh, and the reviews really help there as well. You can follow us over on Instagram at bobsledsandbanthas. You can email us info at bobsledsandbanthas.com if you want to do a collaboration with us. We would love to do something with you. Until next time, I've been Scott. He's been Aaron. And it's time for a nap. That's right. So everybody have a good nap. Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom Disneyland is growing every day. This Saturday night. Now there are more new rides for more fun. In electro-synthomagnetic musical sound. Through the magic of light and sound. Yes, there's more fun at Disneyland in Anaheim. Open every day, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Waste time with your friends when your chores are done.